Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Snap is back, four-man rush, Dalton to throw. A conviction throw over the middle, on the post, Allen Robinson, touchdown! Touchdown Bears! And the early lead here at Soldier Field, an opening drive, touchdown, 11 yards, Dalton to Robinson. That's a definition of anticipatory throw right there. That's why I said a convicted throw. Right. I mean, right on the money on Chidebe Adozier. Just look for the kind of the definition and pictures of anticipatory throw. Boom, that's it. Andy Dalton takes the snap against a four-man rush. Tight pocket begins to close. He ejects, runs right to midfield. 45-40, Montgomery with a block upfield, and out of bounds goes Andy Dalton. So he does it again and picks up some of what they lost. And now referees are going to discuss a potential hit out of bounds. No, no, there is a flag. Or no, Dalton down on one knee. Okay. Dalton may be dinged up here. That was a a nice... uh... Yep, Andy Dalton's dinged up. Out comes Justin Fields. Andy Dalton gingerly come into the sidelines with a little help to the bench. Picked up 13 more. But Andy Dalton now getting looked at. And this is what Man Nagy discussed. Be ready at any moment for sustained playing time. And here's the rookie out of Ohio State. He wants to play. He wants the ball. It is officially, guys, a for Andy Dalton, a knee injury. His return is questionable today. Oh, I think they should have made everybody leave the stadium and come back and buy a new ticket because this is an entirely different game that we're going to see in the second half. You know, this is Justin Fields' time. Snap to Burrow. Looking right, throwing right. It's intercepted. Intercepted by Roquan on his horse. 40, 30, 20, 10, 5. End zone. Touchdown. Touchdown, Bears. Pick six. Out of house call for Roquan Smith. Bears 16, Bengals 3. Crowd starts to get into it. Snap back to Burrow. Going to throw right into the end zone for the touchdown. T. Higgins on Kindleville door. And the Bengals are within four. Didn't take them long. One snap and a couple of seconds after the Logan Wilson interception. Snap back. They rush four. Fields looking to throw. Trying to leave the pocket. Hit. Escapes. Gets left to the 30, 35. Oh, an awkward landing. He wanted to slide, but didn't quite do it. Came up. Hope he's okay. He looks like he is, but that was awkward. Picks up the first down with his legs. 
Needed nine, how many get picked up? Pick up of 10. One more knee for Justin Fields and a backflip by Marquise Goodwin That's to finish it. The exclamation point. Bears with a defensive gem with four takeaways, three consecutive interceptions, including a rope Quant Smith pick six, hold off the comeback bit from the Bengals, and win it 20 to 17 here at Soldier Field before a packed house, even at one and one. And now it's time for the scores post post game show with Anthony Heron and Olin Krutz on 670 The Score and Odyssey Station. You heard the big voice guy. He let you know what's up. The Post Post Show here on Chicago Sports Radio 670 score. Anthony Heron alongside the great Olin Cruz. We are taking you up. The Sunday night football coverage that will be here on the score at 7 o'clock. A lot of great football around the National Football League today. So you will be able to finish your night on the score between Kansas City and Baltimore. But up until that time, you got myself and Olin. I'm on Twitter at Big Ant Heron. Olin is on Twitter at Olin underscore Cruz. And the Chicago Bears came out victorious 20-17. to 17. There were a couple of moments there late in the game where, you know, the, they allowed the Bengals the opportunity to fight back into things. But fortunately, they had made the margin comfortable enough where it was too little, too late for Cincinnati. So it's one of those games, oh, that strikes mm-hmm. me as so much positive, so much improvement from what we saw last week opening things up on Sunday Night Football. But still... A lot of film to correct off of, but it's always more fun to correct off a win than off of a loss. Yeah, and you you rarely leave a Bears game like we did last week wondering about the defense. Right. And they took a lot of criticism. Eddie Jackson took a lot of criticism. Sean Desai, right, to give up 34 points against the Rams, a lot of breakdowns in coverages, not a lot of pressure on Stafford, but we know Stafford's getting the ball out quick. And we know how we know this the what they're gonna do to beat the Chicago Bears defense, mm-hmm. right? They're going to attack the slot. All of us wondering, well, we thought Duke Shelley was a starter, and all of a sudden he's down. Anyway, <laughs> they come out today, Big Amp. Man, I mean, after that pandemic, it was great to hear the crowd out there, right? Yeah. And I thought to myself, going into the game, uh, me, Mike Mulligan, and Pat Manley on the pregame show were talking about, I wonder how that defense will feed off of this energy, how they'll feed off of the stands being full again. You – Talk about it way more than I can. When you're a D lineman and it gets loud and it's third down and now the crowd is behind you and that energy it gives you. And I'm interested to hear what you think about that defensive front's performance, them feeding off the crowd, them dominating the Bengals' offensive line. They were in a position today where the Bears' defense struck me as dictating terms to the opponent in a way they just never did. We're never in a position to. There was the one time where the Bears punted and they had the Rams backed up on Sunday Night Football where they, they played downhill at them a little bit more in that moment. But overall, in that game last week, opening things up, there was never really a point where it looked like the Bears' defense was dictating terms. Today's game, you saw a lot more of that, a lot more of these moments where the Bears' defense were, were the aggressor. They were playing downhill at their opponent. It's not like Cincinnati doesn't have talent. They got some skill position guys. They got a young, talented QB. They got a running back who had a nice game in week one. But – Another game without Eddie Goldman, hopefully he returns to the lineup soon because you know you'll need him for the consistency of the run defense. But even the run D was nice and solid today against Joe Mixon and a Bengals offensive line that knew they needed to try and establish something or maybe they'd end up in the position they did where that pass rush from the Bears would get after them and maybe you get several takeaways in a row. And that's how things ended up because the Bears dictated terms. And I think everything starts with their ability to control the run and then from there – you earn the right to rest the pass. So you make the opponent more predictable, and we saw that. And Sean Desai, I think his first, our first real look at 
at what his flavor might be for how he tries to get after the opponent. Some things he did disguising a couple of times, some things he did matching the the receiver combinations, but certainly up front, some of those games, matching up Quinn and Mac on the same side of the pass protection, allowing them to cook, even some moments where it was Mac and Hicks in some, you know, not necessarily even on passing downs, but they're able to dictate those terms on how they want to try to run some stunts and get home with that. That penetration you had, you get the looper coming around, and Joe Burrow didn't know what to do with it. So it was really fun to see the Bears' defense playing with a little bit more of, a, of an extra heartbeat. We heard, who was it, Ogletree, I think, last week mm-hmm. saying, yeah, we didn't, didn't have that same juice, the same energy we wanted to. That was out there today, and I think to your point, credit to the Soldier Field crowd for providing it. Yeah, and as a defensive player, I'm sure they missed that, right? And right. I, if, I, if I was an offensive lineman, I had to go on the road and you told me the fans weren't going to be there, I'd probably be happy, right? Because <laughs> now I don't have to go silent count. Now I know they're not going to feed right. off of that energy. And like you're saying, when they move Mac and Quinn to the other side and you see them, they have a tight end next to the right tackle, well, that's what they're doing. That tight end is there. Now he's just wasting his time because mm-hmm. they, they're expecting Mac to line up with that right tackle. We're going to give him some help. Joe Burrow, a young quarterback, didn't recognize it, didn't slide the line. Uh, I'm wondering what you think about when Eddie Goldman does come back. Because we like I think people don't understand Big Ant is how good of a pass rusher Eddie Goldman is. He's got a complete game. Mm -hmm. This guy's a very good nose guard. You start to worry a little bit after you haven't seen him so long. Now his knees knee ankle. That's what he's on the injury report for. Uh you know, I remember when I was in New Orleans, Sean Payton came up to me and he said, Olin, uh Bill Parcells has a message for you. He said he doesn't have to see it all the time, but he's got to damn see it, right? <laughs> so, Eddie, like, eventually we got to see you out there again. Uh, we saw him against the Titans in, in that uh, in that preseason game. He dominated the backup center. Obviously, Eddie Goldman's going to dominate yeah. every backup center in the world. Uh, just excited to see that defense all of a sudden, Big Amp. The secondary is sitting down now because they know mm-hmm. Burrow is not going to have the time to get it out. So, hmm. Jalen Johnson sits on that route, picks it off, right? Uh, uh, Vildor looks good. Still wondering what happened with that whole Duke Shelley situation, how he goes from inactive to starting a nickelback, which kind of tells me they're looking for a nickelback. Right? <laughs> right. But um, just excited to see that defense, uh, the way they play today, four takeaways. Uh, that is the that is the recipe this year for the Bears to win football games. It has to be on that defense's back. And then, of course, because the, the defense as far as winning today's game is what it was about. You know, the defense today looked very similar to that defense we saw all throughout the 2018 season. We really haven't seen many performances. It's been spotty like what we saw today where there was pressure on the opposing quarterback, where there were takeaways. There was that swag, that bravado that seemed to be missing at times. They were playing with a level of urgency that certainly wasn't there in week one and for a lot of last season didn't always seem to be there. We saw that today. Now it's against the Bengals. It's against a second-year quarterback who hadn't even really started a full season yet in Joe Burrow. But he's a talented guy who's put up numbers, who statistically had had one of the great runs we've seen from a young quarterback of not turning the ball over. They got a three-piece, back-to-back-to-back. So a great effort from that Bears defense. But, of course, what's going to have the city buzzing is the notion of what happens at quarterback and Brandon Fryer over on the ones and twos on the other side of the glass. He cut that together and let the folks know what's happening at QB right now. The storyline from today's game that will get the most chatter moving forward is what happens at QB because Andy Dalton, I mean, you know, to be real, like credit to Andy Dalton, man. Andy Dalton, I, I think he was playing really well. Mm-hmm. I think he was dealing. He was on time. He was accurate. He was even, you know, trying to show some of that mobility that mm-hmm. maybe he still got a little bit of that in his game. But as far as just moving the offense and three for three on third down, opening things up, and when he didn't like it, took off and ran a few times. So 
whether you were playing well or not, which I thought he played really well until the injury, and then Chicago got what a lot of folks have been waiting for, some extended action in the regular season from Justin Fields. And that's what's going to have folks chatting throughout the week here as far as what the Bears end up doing at quarterback. So we'll, we're going to take a timeout in a few minutes. We'll, we'll, we'll save the what may happen in you know next week and the weeks moving forward. But as far as just what we saw today from the two QBs, you saw a vet doing his thing. You saw a young guy with some really nice moments, didn't all come to fruition, a couple of drops or a couple of near misses there. Mm -hmm. And then, of course, a couple of sort of inexperienced moments that were out there also. But how do you evaluate what we saw today from the quarterback position? Yeah, as far as the quarterback position goes, Andy Dalton showed me Andy Dalton's going to do what Andy Dalton does, right? Mm -hmm. It's going to be a a down the field. He's going to take up a lot, eat up a lot of clock. Uh, You know, he's going to find the open guy. The guy like Allen Robinson – has to beat his man for Andy Dalton to make that play, right? Mm-hmm. Andy Dalton has shown us in 10-plus years exactly what he is. And, and he's a good quarterback, right? Um, I'm ready for Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. I'm ready to see him. I'm ready for, for them to put him out there. He's going to make mistakes like he did on that pick today. You know, when they show blitz zero and a linebacker drops out, he's not going to see that, just like you saw uh, with Burrow. Burrow is not going to see some things. He's a young quarterback, right? But Andy Dalton was playing well. I just think Big Ant – this offense always struggles scoring points. Mm. And they're going to continue to struggle scoring points, right, mm. if Andy Dalton is that quarterback. And, you know, I think for this year they're averaging uh, about a fi- little over 15 points a game. If you take away Roquan's touchdown, the offense is averaging 12 points a game right now. And this is this is a storyline under Coach Nagy that's been going on for a few years now. Mm-hmm. This offense does not score enough points. They don't put the ball in the end zone. They need performances out of their defense or explosive plays out of somebody else if Andy Dalton's their quarterback to win games. Justin Fields, I think, gives you a chance eventually when if you have to score more points. He's the guy you have to have in there. You got to see what you got in this young man. I don't really – I don't know. I know people argue with me here and people don't agree with me. I don't believe in the whole this quarterback got ruined by bad offensive line and bad coaches. Mm-hmm. I think good quarterbacks are good quarterbacks, man. And bad quarterbacks are just bad quarterbacks. Or not bad, but – Guys, you have to have a yeah. good team around. Guys that, you know, there's, there's like only maybe David Carr was just David never Carr be just that never, guy. yeah, he just never, you know, if if you have it, you're gonna play in the NFL. It's just mm-hmm. there's only like five or six or seven guys who have it who play in the NFL. The rest of them, you have to have a great defense yeah. that takes takeaways, or you got to have a running game. I mean, I think if you go through the Super Bowl in the last ten or twelve years, Flacco and Foles are the only outliers, right? Mm-hmm. They're the, out, the rest is Brady and Russell Wilson and Peyton Manning and these Hall of Fame type quarterbacks, right? Yeah. And and if you look at the Hall of Fame guys, how many guys have gotten ruined from bad careers early? They come back. They come back. They fight through it. Uh, they're fine. It's just you have to make the guys – you have to be a multiplier, make everybody around you better. And I think you saw that today, 39, Justin Fields takes off. Trey Henderson's right there because, hey, Jason Peters is 40, 40 years old now. <laughs> Justin Fields runs through that tackle, and he gets the first down. And right. that's the kind of guy he is. And I know people are say, Andy Dalton was playing well. I know what Andy Dalton gives us. Mm-hmm. I think Justin Fields can give me the same thing right now as a starting quarterback. And see, I'm, I'm more patient with my approach to that because to me, two weeks in, my patience hasn't run out for that segment of, of the Bears quarterback position yet. If we're talking like week six, week eight, then maybe I'm, I'm in a different mm-hmm. place with that for right now. I think the, the progression steadily, whether it's slowly or whatever, the cautious approach with Justin mm-hmm. Fields, that suits my sensibilities mm-hmm. about a little more because of some of those moments we saw today. But then at the same time, 
whatever was happening between him and Mustafa. And I think after we take a time out, I'd love to hear your perspective mm -hmm. on that. Because I know not only just you working with Sam, but just being a great center in this league, a young quarterback comes in, a couple of false start penalties. Mm -hmm. I don't anticipate if Justin Fields starts next week, we're likely to see that again. Mm -hmm. But love to hear you out on that. But then, of course, continuing this, this discussion of the QB position, not only what we saw today, but what maybe we will see moving forward. Look forward to hearing from some of you out there as well. We'll take you up to 7 o'clock where Sunday night football coverage will begin here. Kansas City Chiefs versus the Baltimore Ravens. That'll be right here on 670 The Score. So we'll take our first time out. Continue this discussion, the Bears franchise as a whole, but specifically the quarterback position. Dalton goes down. Fields comes in, has some moments. Some of them, his teammates not quite picking him up. Others looking like a rookie, but certainly you saw some of the special talent on display. I'm a little more patient with that. Olin's like, let's get that young guy in there. Let's hear from you out there. 312-644-6767. 312-644-6767. What are you ready for? How quickly do you want to see it? Is it time for Justin Fields? It may not matter if Andy Dahl's not ready to go, but we don't know yet, so we might as well chop it up about that topic here on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. What's that? I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to get into, I'm not going to get into any of that. That was the voice of Bears head coach Matt Nagy as the media was asking him, of course, about the quarterback position. And he did what he could to, uh, to sidestep it for a moment. But there were a few specifics, let's call it, that he was willing to provide about what the offense may end up looking like uh, if they do end up having to make an adjustment. This is the Post Post Show on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. I am Anthony Heron alongside the great Olin Cruz. We're taking you up to 7 o'clock. As Sunday night football coverage will begin here on the score. Kansas City Chiefs and the Baltimore Ravens, Patrick Mahomes, Lamar Jackson, some of these young studs at the QB position for other franchises. Over in the AFC and the city of Chicago is excited about the young potential stud that they have at QB right now. Olin Cruz is alongside that excitement. He wants Justin Fields right now. I'm like, you know what? If you got to give me a couple more weeks of Andy Dalton until we get to that point, I'm cool with that too. So we look forward to hearing how you folks feel about that at 312-644-6767. But I want to want to continue chopping up with you about that particular mm -hmm. topic. Olin. We, we heard uh, that initial clip from Matt Nagy, but also there was one moment where Matt Nagy talked about specifically how he feels the offense would need to be different. And it goes to part of what my patience is. So I'll, I'll kind of tell you why I'm where I'm at with it, mm -hmm. and I want to hear from Matt Nagy on it also. But my thing is, if if Justin Fields were with Kyle Shanahan mm -hmm. as their play caller, if Justin Fields were with Sean McVay, Greg Roman, as their play, right. Greg Roman, mm -hmm. then I would feel more, more assertive with mm -hmm. how quickly I'm comfortable with him being in the lineup because I, I would feel like there was a play caller here who I, who I would be confident mm -hmm. would call the game in a way that suits the skills of Justin Fields, suits where he's currently at in his development. But I feel like we saw an example today of when Justin Fields was in the game plan and in the offense, series after series after series, it was pocket pass mm. after pocket pass and, and zone read after zone if read. If I see one more scat, right? If hey, I see man. one more empty formation, hey. I mean – Get hey. him out of the pocket, Big Ant. Justin Fields is not the only factor in this mm -hmm. equation. Mm -hmm. And where we're at with the Bears offense, where we've been at with mm -hmm. the Bears offense is a part of that as well. But, let's, uh, Brandon, let's hear that particular cut from Matt Nagy about what specifically he, he thinks he will need to do if Justin Fields is the main QB. Yeah, we have, we have some things on, on the sheet that we like and that uh, whether it's type of play calls um, based off of formations, motions, shifts, personnel, and stuff like that to – 
when you when you get out there in this situation and you're you're the backup quarterback and you don't have all those practice reps and you get thrown in the mix the last thing you want to do that to that guy is make him start thinking about how to call formation motion shift you want him to be able to play fast so we had to adjust a little bit because of the situation of coming in like he did and that's just all part of it so oh hey mm. you I've been here doing this show with you for a couple of seasons now. You know how I feel about Matt Nagy. I, I think he has been a better head coach than he has mm-hmm. play caller and sequencer of play calls and formations and those things. So, to me, I want to see where Matt Nagy's at, and then I will be more comfortable with how quickly they thrust Justin Fields into the lineup. So, to me, the more ready for primetime that Justin Fields is, then the more ready he will be to potentially overcome what may be some shortfallings just in the way the Bears' offense is structured around him. That's my hesitation. Mm-hmm. That's where my caution comes into it. What do you feel about that? Well, then you're never going to put him in the game, Big Ant. <laughs> 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 Listen, we, we, I, we talked about this on the NBC After Show, mm. and I think Coach Nagy, when you go to self-evaluation, which the defense did a really good job of, right, last week, self-evaluation, uh, um, they came out, the, the secondary looked better, they knew they needed pressure, they got a lot of things corrected out there, right? Coach Nagy, if he looks at what his offense is averaging a game, scoring points when he's calling plays, he might have to take himself out of that role. And you just said it. I don't think anybody complains about him as a pure head coach, mm-hmm. right? Uh, uh, in the playoffs, uh, he just he, he does a nice job. When Bill Lazor was calling plays last year, I thought they were better on offense. Uh, the for, design, for what they have for to what work they have. with, right? Like okay. it, it's not the most modern approach in the world, mm-hmm. but it suits what they have Suit. to work with. And and here's look, if you if you want to go back to Dalton, you might as well go to Foles because you ever seen that Spider Man gift where two guys are pointing at each other? <laughs> that that's Foles and Dalton, right? So you don't have to worry about Dalton being hurt. You have one more uh-huh. right there holding a clipboard. It's uh-huh. the same guy, right? right? So I'm with you though. I've always wondered, okay, from that from those trees, McVeigh tree, right? Uh, the Seahawks hire a McVeigh guy to run their offense. The floor is up there in Green Bay. Uh, Greg Roman must have guys who have, he's been with for years. Why wouldn't Coach Nagy bring in a guy like that, right, to help him run his offense instead of someone who believes in the same concepts he believes in? Uh, Bill Lazor, John Filippo, Henry Burst is there. We talked a lot about the fact that they see the game from the pocket. And by that, I mean this. You'll hear guys say, he has to organize his protections. He has to point out the mic. And I say the same thing. That's what Justin Fields has to learn. Although we did see him do that once yeah. today, even though there was a right. false start. Uh-huh. I was happy to see him point at that slot blitz who was coming. That uh-huh. guy was coming. So uh-huh. that is improvement by him. But like you said, I want to see Fields out there because he forces them now. You have to redesign your offense because we just saw they didn't do it with Dalton at quarterback. They didn't do it with Dalton. They had Fields since camp. They've had him since camp. So what are you telling me that you didn't you weren't ready to change your offense if there was an injury? Like where was the the Buckeye package? Where was the Justin Fields package? Where is the the jet motion bash? The quarterback power? Where is the boot, the levels read? Put that defensive end or linebacker in a situation where look, I'm gonna run or I'm gonna throw the ball right over your head for 10 yards. Up to you. You choose, right? So that's my problem with, okay, we'll wait mm-hmm. for Justin Fields. I, I I think he's ready. I think, look, he's going to have a three-game. He's going to have a three-interception game. Mm-hmm. He's going to have one of those. This is the way it goes, man, for Maybe these young guys. Maybe a five-interception game. Sanchez was talking yeah, about that, right? But, but, but we have to I, – I think that he has to get out there and learn. I think he'll learn. I think he said today, I am meant for this. Mm-hmm. He's telling you. 
put me on the field, man. You can't break me. Mm-hmm. I, I'm ready to go. That that doesn't mean I think he's the guy. I have to see more. I haven't seen enough of him in an NFL uniform. I think he gives you the same thing Dalton and, and Foles give you. And I want to see this kid line up at quarterback and challenge Coach Nagy and John Filippo and Bill Lazor and all those guys at Hallis Hall. Challenge them to put you in the best position to win games. Oh, man. If I hadn't just seen what they did with Mitch Trubisky, who's not even the quarterback, and we were saying that, that for two is. years, <laughs> yeah. right? And that's what I'm saying. I like, feel like that same frustration will continue to happen until I actually watch them do it. Do and it. I didn't see them do it with Mitch. Never. They never did it with Mitch, right? So that's my problem. Okay, so if we're gonna wait to, they'll do that. We may we may be waiting for yeah, a while, right? True. We may. That's and, true. and and here's part of my problem of maybe why Fields isn't playing because. They don't see the scheme in their head. They, they don't they want see. Them to, mm-hmm. They want him to suit them, them. as opposed to mm-hmm. them suiting him, yes, I mean, which is a problem. We didn't even see him today with Montgomery running the ball, which the whole defense is lined up to stop. We didn't even see him boot what they call a naked boot right. out of the pocket. We didn't even see right. did, You know, you got Jimmy Graham. You got Cole Komet. You got all these guys, Jesse James. You got them all suited up. Boot them and sneak somebody out the backside, Big Ant. Uh, uh, to me, that's football one-on-one. I am with you. I, I, I frustrate you, but I almost <laughs> want to see him out there so he forces their hand, right? And if they don't, somebody upstairs needs to come downstairs and say, guys, what in the hell is going on? Hey, why? Man. Look, look I can, I'll go up there with Baltimore film and say, look, why don't we put this play in? Because Lamar Jackson, if he was running the system they've been running the last few years, mm. he wouldn't have been the league MVP. Mm. But no. Baltimore adjusted. Adjusted. Josh Allen would not be the dude he is right now if he was running the offense the Bears have been running in recent years. But but we, we should get to the phone lines because they are lighting up, of course, with Justin Fields getting his first real extended regular season action as the Bears quarterback. And who knows, depending on what happens with Andy Dalton, depending, frankly, on what the Bears think about Justin Fields, perhaps he will be the starter Next week, folks want to talk about it here. 312-644-6767, the Post Post Show. Olden Krutz and Anthony Heron. Steve is out in – well, you know what? Actually, let, let's hold on, Steve, because I'm reading it in the incorrect order. Dave in Wisconsin has actually been on hold the longest. Let's go up to Wisconsin. Let's hear from Dave where he's at with things. If we talk bears here. Dave, you got Olin and Ant. What's happening, man? Oh, how are you doing? Um, the, the, teams, the, the teams that I'm worried about, you know, for the Bears, well, the Rams – Tampa Bay, New Orleans, Philadelphia, and Green Bay. What do you think it's going to – the teams that they had trouble with, what do you think it's going to take to get up to the level with them that we can get by them this year? Or if we meet in the playoffs. Hopefully mm-hmm. they're in Chicago, but what will it take for them to beat them? That might be asking a lot, uh, mm-hmm. from from being real with you. That, that might be asking a lot for where the Bears are at. Now, the expectations in the locker room, and you know it well, oh, you played in the Super Bowl, you know where the expectations in the locker room, the expectations for an offense that those of us watching from the outside in may not think, well, you know, Bears offense, well, why should they? Why does it even matter? We know the offense isn't going to put up 30 or 40 on anybody, but within the locker room, yeah, you got to know who you are. You got to know your personality while at the same time, realistically, everybody in this league is confident. Everybody thinks they're going to go out there and make plays. Everybody feels like they have a chance to make a run here, but I don't necessarily think uh, as far as us just evaluating things, what do the Bears need to do to compete with the best teams in the National Football League? Every, like I just used – we do a word of the day at the end, of, like you, you do your, your, uh, your post-game show over on NBC Sports Chicago. I got my post-game show I do here at Fox 32. We do a word of the day at the end of the show. My show was Elevate. Mm-hmm. Uh, that, that was my word I did at the end of the show. I think – the run game wasn't better today, but it was good week one. Everything else needs to elevate. So I, I think it's a very extensive discussion 
as far as what uh, what the Bears need to do to get on the level of the best teams in the National Football League. I'm not sure how quickly we can really surmise that. Yeah, and, and you know, obviously it's for them to beat those teams, you got to see the takeaways that you saw today, right? 2018, they were plus 12, 38 takeaways. That's the way they were actually winning the football games that year, especially late in the year, right? That right. defense was extremely dominant, but then you have to pick apart why. You have to pick apart Vic Fangio was there. Everybody's copying Vic Fangio's scheme. Maybe when he is on the sideline right now, maybe the best defense corner in the whole NFL. I mean, I don't know if you agree with that, but Brandon Staley was an outside linebacker coach. He is the head coach of the uh-huh. Chargers now. You know as well as I do, Big Ant, when you see a special unit like that, it's more than players. It's more than coaches. It's everybody. Just all of a sudden, there's so many good guys in one building. Mm-hmm. It just You just got there by chance. You get a young guy like Brandon Staley, right? Uh, you get an older guy like Vic Fangio. Uh, you get players like Khalil Mack, Akeem Hicks, uh, Roquan Smith, right? You get Kyle Fuller. You get, you, anyway, they were just had a lot of yeah. good football players yeah. that year. That's the, kind of, that's the kind of performance, the kind of performance we've seen today from the defense. From there to beat, for them to beat playoff teams, that's the kind of performance they need. They need to be plus three, plus four right. in the takeaway battle. And if that's not what it is, the only other chance they have <laughs> is for Justin Fields to be really good early, right? I mean, yeah. they just don't have a lot of explosive. And Coach Nagy's scheme hasn't shown the capability to produce explosive plays by itself, right? And they have all this speed. Yeah. And, and wondering what you think about that part of it. Can the scheme itself, we talked about would he adjust his scheme. But if he doesn't, with the players they have, what would you expect them to average this year scoring points? I mean, because we've seen this for for several seasons throughout Matt Nagy's virtually his entire time here, we haven't seen them consistently put explosive offense together. So, I mean, you know, maybe in the 20s, tops. Mm, You're hoping. And that's, yeah, you're hoping for that. And that's probably with a dominant defense. If you're getting consistently into the mid to upper 20s, you're getting takeaways. Like today, there were several opportunities where the defense got the ball to the offense within strike territory, and they're putting field goals on the board mm. if the defense didn't score a touchdown for them. So that's that's not the recipe to be up with the upper echelon of the National Football League. Let's get another call in here as well as Daryl is in Virginia who wants to talk about what's happening with the Bears specifically at the quarterback position. Daryl, what's up? You got Olin and Ant. Hey, Hey, and, and um, Olin, I agree with both of you guys. I think you're right on point with the, the play calling. I uh, I thought that Mr. What, the one thing about this quarterback I think we have, he elevates. They, they play a little better. I think the talent around him elevates just a smidget better when he's out there. And once they learn how to play together, even in, even in the scheme today, Allen Robinson dropped that touchdown pass that would have changed mm-hmm. the uh, outcome of the game and, and and he was just a tad off to Mooney but I think that he elevates you know and Montgomery I think he just elevates the team around him because of his talent I think his talent makes room for him whatever scheme you put him in but you got to give him a chance you got to get him a chance to let that talent that he has even though we have some suspect play calling uh, against the read option when they they were running that blitz and and it didn't look like he knew what where to go with the ball or the whole offense didn't know what to do so I think as he plays more we're gonna have some growing pains but I think he's gonna elevate the team yeah I mean it's hard to hard to argue with that point of view because I think Justin Fields is gonna be special regardless of when he gets on the field 
through my lens right now, I'm more along the lines of whether or not for the game coming up this coming week, is Andy Dalton still the guy that, for what they're dealing with right now, gives them the better opportunity to win? It's a little bit of a toss-up from what I saw today. So, you know what? I, I think the offense maybe would have been more productive in today's setting if Dalton were, like, healthy the whole game as opposed to Fields. But it's it's kind of a toss-up. And if that's mm-hmm. the case, maybe you go with the younger guy. I won't take issue with them putting Fields in the game. Um, but to to one of the issues that we did see creep in there that I don't anticipate seeing again, let's take a timeout. I want to hear what your thoughts are on what was happening with what it didn't even end up being the QB center exchange. A couple of those false starts that were happening from the mm-hmm. gun between Mustafer and Fields. We saw a little bit of the discussion kind of playing out there where it looked like maybe Justin's kind of confused or he's thinking Sam should be doing something a little different mm-hmm. there. I want to know from you, future Hall of Fame center, what do you think was going on there and how will the Bears correct it? Then we'll get some more calls in as well. This is the Post Post Show. Olin Kruitz is on Twitter at Olin underscore Kruitz. I'm Anthony Heron. I'm at Big Ant Heron. More of the Post Post Show next on The Score. I mean, yes, that's that's my fault. Those are, you know, mistakes, rookie mistakes. But, um, yeah, I, the refs said I was flinching a little bit, so I, I guess I can't flinch. So know that now, and uh, hopefully it, won't, it won't, won't happen again. You know that voice? Be hearing a lot more for the seasons to come. That is Justin Fields doing what, in theory, hey, what a good teammate should do. That's on me. We'll get it right. We'll get it corrected. It won't happen again. This is the Post Post Show. Anthony Heron and Olin Krutz on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. And, Olin, you have mm-hmm. been uh, in, in every scenario imaginable on the football field for a center, for a QB center exchange. What's going on there? Dealing with crowd noise. You're at home. You got young guys behind you sometimes, old guys behind you other times. So, Mustafer and Fields, there mm-hmm. seemed to be some sort of confusion that cropped up multiple times where Justin was expecting the football to be in flight and to enter his hands from the shotgun position, and for whatever reason, didn't happen. And it was mm-hmm. hard to tell for sure just on the TV copy of it. Was he, like, flinching, or was it seemed like maybe he was more so thinking the snap was on the way to him and it wasn't coming from Sam Mustard for, for whatever reason? So how – did you evaluate those couple of moments, even aside from, yes, he threw the interception zone blitz, got tricked there, but just specifically mm-hmm. those couple of false starts that got credited to Justin Fields, could you tell what was going on? You can never tell from the outside looking in, right? But every time the quarterback, it is a quarterback change, there is a rhythm change. There's always a rhythm to the cadence. And your timing, the whole offense is timing the cadence. So if it's on one, everybody's pretty much going on hut. If it's, mm. I mean, you're going on that. The ball's coming already. Uh. And if you don't, everybody's offsides, right? But if you take a look at those plays closely, I'm always going to side with the center. That's obvious. Right. But uh-huh. no one else is moving but Justin. He was the only guy who moved, right? So <laughs> the rest of the offense is standing there. Yeah. So you don't know, really, is it on is it on Sam to snap it? But you always just watch if if no one else moved but one guy. That's usually the <laughs> probably, guy. That's probably, that's the, probably guy. the guy. But um, the rhythm changes for a young quarterback. I know that for a fact. I've had, you know, we used to – when they drafted K. McNown here, they would play him like they're playing Justin Fields, and they'd bring him in and out and try to work him in the games. And their rhythm even changes from practice to the game, mm-hmm. right? Because they get excited, yeah. and all of a sudden there's a lot heartbeat more heartbeat starts going. Yep. So I think it's something that will be worked out pretty quickly, right? Um, we have seen some false starts and some mistakes by this offense anyway, right? Um First week, Cole Komet jumps offsides in the red zone. They take Fields out. They bring Andy Dalton back in, and they jump with Andy Dalton at quarterback. So when you're switching quarterbacks in and out, mm-hmm. uh, the rhythm changes, the cadence changes, and everybody just has to adjust to that guy out there. And Sam and, Sam and uh, Justin have to just talk about, okay, 
I want, you know, Justin Fields to say, I want the ball here. Here's what I'm seeing there. And it just is a lot of getting to know each other, if that mm. makes sense, especially mm. for a young guy, especially for two, really two young players right. in the offense, right? And two guys who are now running the whole show. And, and it just looked to me like there was either a communication problem, but if you go back and watch the TV copy or, or any film you got, the only guy flinching is Justin Fields, right? Mm -hmm. So he's the only guy who's expecting the ball to come. The rest of them aren't moving. So I'm thinking that maybe he changed something there or he changed his cadence or just that. Now, here's the thing. He's the boss, yeah. right? The quarterback's the boss. So if you – oh, you want the ball then? Oh, okay, cool. I'll give you the ball. But <laughs> everybody – all the other guys, the other nine guys got to know too. Green Bay snap count always was one that stood out to me where they, you know, color number, color number, set up, whatever, where most teams would do something along those lines. And whether it was Favre or Aaron Rodgers with a very similar cadence to what Brett used to do where they don't actually, and this is completely off topic, but they don't even finish the cadence mm. in Green Bay. The ball gets snapped in the midst of the cadence. And it's basically to not allow, kind of like you were talking about a moment ago, where especially the defense on the opposing side, where that pass rush is waiting for the cadence to finish and trying to get whether it's a, a movement of the QB who starts to lean, whether it's the grip of the ball from the center, whether it's like we saw with Jermaine Fetty a couple of times today where he's trying to hustle out of his stance to get to the edge and, and you know, get his pass set going pretty quickly. But Green Bay snap count, folks, when you watch uh, Monday Night Football tomorrow night, look for it for Aaron Rodgers, his color number, color number, hit, hit. They actually snapped the ball in the midst of mm -hmm. that, and they're really one of the few teams in the league. They've been doing it for a couple of decades yep. in that town at this point. I don't know why more squads don't go to that for their actual cadence because it seems effective. Yeah, it's because you have to have a quarterback who handles everything. He has mm. to be in full control of everything out there. When I went to New Orleans, Drew Brees did about the same thing. Okay, right? But uh, he knew when he wanted the ball, and he would tell me, like, Olin, when I see the look, so they, they have a dummy color, they call it. So if they say yellow, you know he doesn't want the ball. As mm. soon as he changes that color, he wants it. But when he wants it, he wants the ball because <laughs> he doesn't want the defense to change at all. Right. right. And he wants the ball as fast as possible because he knows where he's going and he's going to get the ball out. But Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees and Tom Brady and these kind of guys, they organize everything. They mm. know where the pressure's coming from. They're going to get the ball out before it gets to them. They know what the defense is in, what coverage they're running, and now they want the ball. Right. <laughs> so I'm thinking that two young guys in control of the offense trying to read what's going on, mm -hmm. trying to, you know, and trying to feel each other's rhythm and the cadence. And it's just – that's just something that normally you have to work through. You have to get through those kind of things, especially when you're working with the, uh, Andy Dalton, who has a totally – if you just watch the game, the rhythm is totally different. Right. Right? Justin right. Fields is a totally different rhythm than Andy Dalton. And usually – Everybody tries to go off of the starting quarterback's cadence. Everybody tries to learn the way he does his cadence. So, And that would be Andy Dalton. But, look, you're always going to have – when a young rookie quarterback comes in and, and it's under that kind of pressure and the stands are filled and all of a sudden you're in the red zone and the defense is yelling, trying to get the crowd to be quiet, but they won't be quiet. Uh, Justin, you know what I mean? The, the old line's yelling, the D-line's yelling. Right. You guys are yelling, move, because you guys uh -huh. want us to jump offside. Exactly. All that's exactly. going on, and you're trying to find the quarterback's <laughs> voice again. A, a lot of these things are, are naturally going to happen, but these two guys will get this straightened out like the secondary straightened out their coverage. It's the same thing. And what I loved about, you mentioned the secondary there, because I definitely want to talk a little more Bears defense. One moment, there was a couple of moments in the game where you saw the, the way Eddie Jackson was being mm. used within the scheme today. And, you know, he's never going to be Troy, Troy Polamalu, just that level of physicality. But 
Sean Desai called him into a couple of different playmaking moments, and one that stood out was the TFL that he had where they walk Eddie Jackson up into the B-gap. And Joe Burrow, I mean, credit to him as a young QB, he motions his old college teammate Jamar Chase in there and just says, all right, you got to pick this guy up if he's going to be this. So he brings him in. Now, you know, Chase, he's a young guy too. He's not necessarily used to that situation. And Ejax beats him to the spot and gets the TFL. But I love that wrinkle that we didn't necessarily see. You know, maybe the situation didn't present itself, but we saw Sean Desai calling Roquan into playmaking moments, calling Eddie Jackson into playmaking moments, calling Khalil Mack and Robert Quinn into some playmaking moments. And the variety of talent that the Bears have was on display. And when you get a bunch of guys, and, and, and Desai, Desai has said this a few times to the media as they've been asking, like, how do you get more from Robert Quinn? Or how do you get more than we saw last season from Eddie Jackson? And he's pointed out, it's not just about any one individual, like, all right, Khalil Mack, wreck the game. Let's call it all for Khalil Mack. It's not just about that. But we saw a couple of moments, even early in the game, where Sanchez is still talking like Khalil Mack hasn't impacted the game. There were two sacks that happened in the game because of Khalil Mack, prior to him actually getting his own sack Mm -hmm. on some of those stunts that were running and his penetration leading to Robert Quinn getting a sack and the penetration of Khalil Mack leading to Bilal Nichols getting a sack. So the way that Sean Desai sort of scripted and structured the game plan for the Bears defense, we saw all these variety of playmakers having a chance to eat, and they did collectively, even though a young QB and Joe Burrow seemed to at times have a sense for what was coming, but because all these different dogs are over there waiting to hunt, mm-hmm. the Bears still made plays despite that. And so, you know, quality defense still outperformed even an offense who seemed like at times they could tell what was happening. They just couldn't do anything about it. Yeah, and, and it's a great point by you because if I'm a def- young defense coordinator, I would love the embarrassment or riches that Sean Desai yeah, has man. at his disposal. And, you know, to your point about Sanchez, don't listen to quarterbacks when they talk about line play. <laughs> right. They have no idea usually what's going on out there. But um, Khalil Mack affects every game he plays in. I did like today, I, I want to hear what you think about this also. I did like, I saw some of his power rush was back. I, th- I thought that he had gone away from that a little bit when he saw the double teams and his first year here, he didn't care if it was double or triple. Right. He just run through. You know, right. at some point, finesse doesn't work anymore. Mm-hmm. They got too many guys over there. So today I saw him. Okay, I'm double. I'm gonna I'm gonna push this. I'm gonna push this pocket and just make this quarterback feel. Man, I mm-hmm. like that. Now in the first week with the Rams, one thing when I rewatched the film, I know Eddie Jackson didn't play well in the secondary. Didn't. I thought he played the run pretty well. I thought he took mm-hmm. on blocks at the line of scrimmage pretty well, even mm-hmm. in that game. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't shocked today to see him up there on that short yardage situation. Now, uh, I know Burrow's teammate, Jamar- Chase, came in after the game and said, hey, man, what the hell are you doing motioning me? <laughs> I'm a speed wide receiver. Motioning T. Higgins. Don't motion me in there to block uh, Ejack. But um, good to see him cause the fumble, make that tackle for yeah. loss. They're going to need Roquan. Like you said, Sean Desai was scheming these guys, and he has – you can scheme Akeem Hicks, uh, uh, Robert Quinn, Khalil, I mean, Jalen John. You can scheme. Mm-hmm. You got the guys, right? And it's not shocking that Sean McVay outcoached him pretty bad in the second half. It probably, maybe besides Shanahan, the best play caller in the NFL. Mm-hmm. Zach Taylor today, I, I didn't think he did a great job. You know, mm-hmm. I, I would have went after Vildor. A lot and of Duke empty Shedder. sets also, right? I think, I, think I, I wonder what you think about this. I think they were trying to copy Buffalo in the preseason with mm. Mitch Trubisky when they went empty mm-hmm. and they just try to get the ball out quick. Yeah. But uh, Burrow is not that kind of guy. He he likes to hold on to that ball, right. uh, you know, like 
whenever I had a quarterback like that, the D linemen, they know. You know, uh, they start to smell that blood in the water, yeah. and now they're coming in even harder because they know this guy's going to give them a sack, and you guys uh, frankly, all want sacks. That heat wasn't on Mitch in the preseason mm-hmm. either. Like, mm-hmm. the, the Bears brought it today. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. the, when, you go, when you go empty in the regular season, mm-hmm. you better know you can hold up or you better know that ball's coming out. And that's part of what happens when Jalen Johnson is driving on that route where T. Higgins runs a stop route just beyond the stick. And it's not like it was like third and seven. I think it was like second and seven, but – Johnson knows the ball is coming out. Like, he knows they've been chasing Burrow around. So, second and seven, yeah, you're just beyond the sticks. But I can sit on this route. He gets into his pedal. His eyes are in the backfield. But he drives on it. Gets into that drive phase. As soon as he can tell, Burrow's just about to start letting the ball go. He ran the route for T. Higgins. He was driving on the route before Higgins even knew it was about to come and makes a great play on it. So, you get the pick six from Roquan Smith on the previous series. Then you get Jalen Johnson driving on that route. And then, of course, you end up with a third interception in the row because you bring some heat from Alec Ogletree, and he beats Joe Mixon in the backfield, tips it up, and then Blackson gets the INT as well. So three takeaways in a row. Bears defense Mm. doing what what we expect, a defense with that level of talent and ability. And like you talk about resources that haven't been there for the offensive line, the resources are there on the defensive side of the football, and it looked like it today. It showed up, and so that was nice and fun to see. Phone line still lit up here, 312-644-6767. Let's take our final timeout and come back. We, we will get to Chris in Evanston, who's been on hold for a long time, and Steve in Detroit's been on hold waiting for, for things to talk about what's happening, what they saw from the Bears as well. More discussion about the quarterback position coming up also. Justin Fields, how it is likely that they will operate moving forward. It may depend on the Andy Dalton injury, or maybe it doesn't. Maybe this is the door that's ajar just like it was for Justin Herbert last season in their season opener where Tyrod Taylor gets his damn lungs punctured by someone on the training staff, and Justin Herbert gets in there and has a magical, a historic type of rookie season. Who knows what this will lead to for Justin Fields, but a lot to talk about, a lot to get to. Of course, Bears Monday is going to be here all day tomorrow. I'm assuming you're going to be on with Mully and Hall in the morning with plenty to talk about there. So all day will be Bears Monday. I'll be on with Lawrence Holmes in the afternoon as well. But we got about a half hour to go here on the Post Post Show, leading you up to Sunday Night Football coverage on Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. I mean, yeah, it's awesome, you know. Uh, definitely getting that first one out the way. Uh, so, I'm, I'm, and me getting, you know, that those reps out there on the field was was great to just be able to compete with my teammates. So, um, you know, it was a definitely a fun-filled day. And, of course, we have to get better uh, at some stuff. But, overall, we got the dub, and that's all that matters. No doubt maturity. He's had that at every level of the sport that he has been at, and he has continued to display that as a quarterback for the Chicago Bears. And I... I chose my words specifically there because he has been a quarterback for the Chicago Bears up to this point as Justin Fields. We will see in a matter of days. I mean, I I don't anticipate any announcement coming quickly. They got to evaluate the injury with Andy Dalton and blah, blah, blah. Uh, But at some point, whether it is this coming week or in the weeks to come, Justin Fields will be the quarterback for the Chicago Bears, not just a quarterback for the Bears. But a lot of folks have been on hold waiting for their opportunities to get in with us. So let's get a couple of more calls in here as well. Chris is in Evanston, and he has been waiting to talk specifically about the QB position for the Chicago Bears. Chris, you got Olin and Anthony, man. What's going on? Hey, what's going on? Happy to see the Bears play much better today. Mm-hmm. Uh, however, we got to realize, I mean, it wasn't an elite offense we went against. It wasn't an elite defense. Don't get me wrong. I'm real happy with what I saw out there on the defensive end. But uh, as far as Eddie Jackson, you you play the ball or you play the man. And on that one touchdown, I don't know what he was doing. I do agree that the last two seasons, 
when we blitz him, when we put him at that line of scrimmage, he's a monster. So I, I think that's where he needs to spend a lot more time. And for Justin Fields, I saw a rookie quarterback out there. I know everybody's excited about potential, but I saw him get blitzed and not be able to handle it effectively, consistently. And I think that's what a lot of defensive coordinators are going to do until he shows he could do something else. And I just don't have trust in Matt Nagy to change his game plan. The last two years in a row, we ran a power eye. We had a good, effective running game. And at some point, Matt Nagy just decides, I don't care what's working. I need to run my offense. Chris, I, I, I got to say, man, I agree with, with a lot of what you were talking about right, right there. That's a, a good call from Chris in Evanston. And it goes to that, that juxtaposition we're talking about of, of the excitement for Justin Fields and the, the anticipation of, of him, you know, a lot of us feeling confident that he will become a quality quarterback at some point. But is that time now? Is that time a few weeks from now? And uh, and whether or not, you know, how much of that, how much of Matt Nagy and what we – what we may or may not expect Nagy to do when Fields is behind center should be a part of that equation. I think you had a you know a couple of really good points about that when we were talking about it towards the top of this show on the post post show, Olin, where you know at, at a certain point Justin Fields on the field perhaps forces their hand. I don't necessarily feel like we saw that with Mitch Trubisky quarterback, mm-hmm. but you know Mitch wasn't their guy. Mitch wasn't their quarterback, and you would hope that what Matt Nagy has said for the last couple of off-seasons, really, but specifically this past off-season about him and what he's learned and him wanting to be better and some of those things. I don't think I saw that play out on the field today mm-hmm. with what they called. And it's not like they were just floored that Justin Fields was in the lineup. He was a part of the game plan already. So you would think that there had been some thought that went into what happens if Fields has to take on a bigger role in this offense. And from what I saw, I, I didn't love the way that they called the game with him out there. So that's that's still a part mm-hmm. of my concern for how quickly to thrust him out there. Mm-hmm. And, and you're exactly right. And if you take a look at last week's game, when he comes in the game and they run a reverse to Marquise Goodwin with the whole line going in the direction of the reverse, <laughs> it's fascinating to me, right? Uh, they, they run a shovel pass um, with him in there, an RPO, and then finally to give him a zone read and he scores, right? Uh-huh. And you were – wondering where that zone read was just to start everything off. Just give him a zone read. Uh, uh, let him use his legs because if you're going to use the defensive end, like today, Trey Henderson is one-on-one with Justin Fields and hits that spin move and gets the first down. He's hard. If that, Like you know, the defense doesn't have a lot of options there. Now, uh, the Bengals did adjust and start sending the nickel back off the edge and two guys off the edge to take away Fields, but then you're making them play chess. Uh, now, you're not playing checkers yeah. anymore. I'm making them – make an adjustment to what this kid is, which is a dynamic athlete, right? Mm-hmm. But like you said, Big Ant, and, and it's not hard to figure out, if you just go through their offensive staff, as much as Justin Fields has to prove, I don't want anybody to get us confused. No one thought Justin Fields looked great today, right? Uh, he looked about what you would think that, of. That's rook- worth yeah. saying, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I don't think anybody uh-huh. thought he looked great today. I just think I want to see more of him, right? right? I want right. to see more. I don't mind the mistake he made I don't want – look, he makes the mistake and throws it in – he thinks it's blitz zero. They drop the end right into their mm-hmm. hot read, mm-hmm. and it's a good play by them. They yeah. design it. They know where he wants to go with the ball. I seen a quarterback last week against the Rams throw a pick in the red zone. It was Andy Dalton, right? Mm-hmm. He's 11 years in the league. He's, mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't know – honestly, I don't know which one was worse, right? <laughs> so all I'm saying is I don't think he played great today. I just want to see a little more of him out there. As much as he has to prove, Big Ant, here's what I want to throw at you. John DiFilippo, 
Okay. He was at the Minnesota Vikings. He got fired in season. They take him to Jacksonville Jaguars. They fire him after one season. Mm -hmm. Bill Lazor was an analyst at Penn State. He got fired as an office coordinator. Nobody wanted him. This offensive staff has a lot to prove, yeah. right? Um, the offensive, the wide receiver coach, Fury. I don't know what wide receiver he's developed. They've gotten rid of these wide receivers that right. they've drafted, right? right? So all I'm saying is as much as Justin Fields and you're saying, if you're going to wait because you're worried about the scheme, you're going to have to wait to get rid of all these guys, right? Mm -hmm. Because all these guys, besides Coach Nagy, who only called plays for six or seven plays when he got the head coaching job at the Bears, right. all of them were out of work. Juan Castile was an analyst at Michigan. He wasn't the O-line coach. Mm -hmm. He's got a lot to prove. Clancy Barone, the tight end coach, was out of the league before they brought him in here. So you see what I'm saying here? Yeah. This offensive staff, more than anybody, in that building on the offensive side of the ball has a lot to prove. And there's – I think you might have even referenced it earlier in this show here. You know, I've had this discussion before. There's – in my opinion, there's like a handful of quarterbacks in the league that just lift everyone up, that thrive regardless of their circumstances. And a lot of other guys, the majority of the other even successful quarterbacks, like Steve Young is in the Hall of Fame but was awful in Tampa Bay – backed up Joe Montana for a couple of seasons in San Francisco and was in the Bill Wall structure and became a Hall of Famer. Physical gifts were always there the entire time, but quarterback is still a very dependent position except for kind of the elite of the elite, those few. And Justin Fields may be one of those guys. Man, and, and, and as, as much as I am hopeful mm -hmm. that the Bears will structure things adequately around him, I have not seen that consistently up to this point, man. And so that concerns me. I played O-line in that building for a long time, hey, man. man. It was always an uphill battle. But look, look at the offensive line, right? Peters continues to impress me out there at left tackle. Look, he's going to get beat sometimes. Got beat for a yeah, sack, for a strip sack. You know, Fields, get a couple hands around the ball when you're starting to escape mm -hmm. the pocket. There, there's blame to go around for that. He's not – he wasn't – he wasn't even thought about as a left tackle option for them. He's here now mm -hmm. because their first option fell apart. Larry Barome is on IR. Tevin Jenkins, the two tackles they drafted are now on IR, right? Yeah. So uh, Elijah Wilkinson is another guy. Look, DJ Reader, the nose guard for the Bengals, he's counting $13 million against their salary cap this year by himself. <laughs> they threw $160 million at that defensive line you saw today, the Bengals. Mm -hmm. The Chicago Bears offensive line combined, Against the salary cap this year, it's like twelve million. Okay, so look, you have you look like when everybody's so impressed with Mac and Quinn winning on the edge over there. That's awesome. They're one hundred seventy million dollars worth of contract right. over there, and if you put in Akeem Hicks, now you're at like two hundred twenty million dollars worth of contracts. You better get to the damn quarterback. All uh. I'm saying is you're right. Eventually, they have to build. Now I know they took Tevin Jenkins. He, he hopefully he comes back back and has a great career. But right now on that field. From what you saw today, and like you're saying, do you build around him? They got Allen Robinson. How long is he going to be here? He's on a one-year deal. They got to keep developing Mooney. Montgomery now, I don't know what you think. If we're just talking about building around him, that guy would be the identity of my offense. Mm -hmm. Man, do I love the way that mm -hmm. young man plays football. Every I ounce. love his interviews it's after. Oh, man, ounce, you're not man. taking him down. Uh -uh. You're not taking that guy. I would, I would use him as an example. Him and Akeem Hicks. Yeah. When I turn the film on. 
That's what I want my football team to look like. Hicks flying across the field, just just laying heavy on T. Higgins. Man. And then, frankly, man, like in today's sensibilities, mm-hmm. he sees T. Higgins hurt on the ground and gets more effed up about it like that. You know, that can offend <laughs> yeah. a few people's sensibilities it today. It but it's, it's the football field, mm-hmm. man. I'm sure he doesn't want T. Higgins to be in an ambulance after the game. No. But no. you're in the heat of mm-hmm. combat. You're in mm-hmm. the heat of the moment. You went over there and put the lumber to somebody, and yeah, man, they felt it, and that's just a part of the game. So that passion from mm-hmm. uh, from Akeem Hicks, guys feed off of that. At whatever point, Danny Trevathan's healthy enough. He's got some of that passion that guys feed off of too, so maybe that helps us see the extra heartbeat we saw from the Bears' defense on a more consistent basis today because maybe it was the Soldier Field crowd that gave it. Maybe it was being pissed off about what they saw on film mm-hmm. all week from that game they played against the Rams last week, whatever it was. That's the temperament Mm -hmm. that we need to see from this Bears defense because the resources are there, the skill is there. It was exciting to see that. But even like Chris Evans has said a moment ago, Against the Bengals, yeah. this against oh, Joe yeah, we, yeah, and look, don't never judge a man's character because what he does on a football field. But, <laughs> but look, I even thought today when they when they were getting the personal fouls that that were Quinn's personal foul was stupid. Mm-hmm. Um, the taunting penalty, I don't know. I, I'm from a different I'm from a different era. Yeah. I understand that they don't allow it. Point of emphasis. Yeah, like point they, of emphasis. they probably won't flag that in November, mm-hmm. but right now, point of emphasis. Two but weeks I don't know season. how you felt. Big Ant, but I think there's sometimes for your football team when they talked about you talked about earlier, Alec Ogletree, who had a nice job uh, beating that running back mm-hmm. on Blackson's Mixing, interception. Yeah. I think sometimes you want some of that, and I think mm-hmm. they're on the sideline telling each other, "Don't worry about it." Right. Well, I don't. Right. Well, they'll give them the 15 yards. Sometimes I remember, penalties. I remember defensive linemen like you telling me, "Hey, Olin, you can have the 15 yards. You ain't going anywhere anyway." <laughs> right. So I think that was their mentality today uh, that that we were going to play with an edge. We're going to play with a chip on our shoulder, and we're coming after you. And like you said, at some sometimes you come after guys. It is a football game so violently that you are trying to hurt them. You are mm-hmm. trying to leave your mark on mm-hmm. somebody. And it looked to me like the Bears. Defense is playing with that attitude, and quite frankly, I hope they keep playing like that. Yeah, man, everybody can feed off of that. Mm-hmm. And it's still, it still only meant 13 points for the offense. Mm-hmm. And, this and is Chicago. Was, yeah, this man. is Chicago, man. You come out. Every, and I think that Coach Desai said when he got the job that this defense was going to represent the city. Hmm. That their personality, the way they played, they know what city they're playing in, they were going to represent the city. Today they did that. Today they did that, yeah. and they gave the fans who didn't get to go to the regular season last year, they gave them something to cheer for. The offense continues to need to score points. We mm-hmm. know that. But, man, look, personal foul early, first thing I'm thinking is, oh, now we're going. <laughs> right? Now, okay, let's go. Like, uh-huh. like hey, there was sometimes, Big Ant, um, I was flying over the pile trying to spear somebody. I knew that, uh, that a penalty might come out. But you're yeah. trying to get your offense or your linemen with you right. to play at a certain level. Like, we're going to play – right on the edge here. Mm-hmm. And the flag may come out. It may come out, but until you set the tone, until you set your personality, until you set the culture of what you are, sometimes you have to play on that edge a little bit. And what Sean Desai needs to say to everybody in that meeting room, whatever it is, Tuesday when they get back in there, now this is on film. This is 2021. So, yeah, there was a whole lot of resumes that were here from 2018 and 2019. You know, a lot of 2020 was pretty shaky. But for 2021 – this is who we need to be, regardless of the opponent. Akeem Hicks, and we know what you bring on a consistent base, but everybody else, that example Akeem Hicks just showed where he's on one hash mark and T. Higgins catches it over there and he's flying across the field, laying heavy on him. You know what? That's got to be us every week. We got to see that on a weekly basis, and they got a chance to win. They got a chance to compete. They got a chance to beat anybody if they get that 
And so that complimentary football that could be there with the defense, maybe with a young playmaking quarterback emerging, Bears got a chance to do something, mm-hmm. but it's got to show up on a weekly basis, man. But it was fun to watch that today. That looked yeah. like Bear football, like you were just saying. Boom. Well said, man. Mm-hmm. Well said. Could sit here and do this all night, but we are not allowed to because Sunday night football is on the way. So thanks to everybody that called in. Thanks to Brandon Fryer on the ones and twos for us tonight. Olin Krutz, Anthony Heron. We will be bringing the post-post show frequently throughout the season, but tomorrow is a Bears Monday here on The Score. So Olin's going to be on with Mully and Hall in the morning. I'll be on with Lawrence Holmes in the afternoon. But for now, you got the Kansas City Chiefs on the road against the Baltimore Ravens. This has been the post-post show on Chicago Sports Radio, 670 The Score. Go Bears! This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hey everyone, Boomer Esiason here. The NFL Draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. 